Hey, 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 Closet Busters, come on and gather around. It's time once again to kick down those closet doors of life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, Bold Move Expert and Coming Out Coach, and I'm going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on, grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step in to living your truth as we explore more stories, tips, and tricks for living your life uncloseted. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 closet dwellers and bold move makers, you know what time it is. Yes, it's time for Life Uncloseted, and we are not going to disappear because it is Father's Day. It's the Father's Day show. Okay, it's not really Father's Day. It's a few days before, but hey, you do the best you can. Because, you know what? I'm a dad, so Father's Day, I'm going to keep my ass in bed, and I'm not getting up. That's my gift to myself. But um, one of the things I find so interesting is man, dads, we're such an interesting breed and, and there's nothing new about really anything about being a dad, especially when suddenly you hear, oh, he's single and divorced. And then you add the thing, oh, and he's gay. And then everything changes in a lot of people's minds. It's like, well, wait, how is he gay, divorced and a dad? Or how is he gay, divorced and single? I mean, all these things start to show up, but then you realize, oh my God, There are so many different kinds of dads. And when you have these different kinds of dads show up, it's a beautiful thing because some dads step into that power and say, okay, I'm gay, I'm single, and I'm a dad, and they take and they run with that. And that's exactly what today's guest has done. His name is Frank Lowe. He's a blogger. He's an author. He's a proud dad of a precocious eight-year-old who, before he knows it, will be 21 years old. And he will really be pulling his hair out through those years. But what I love about this guy is he is really uncloseting himself. And he has taken the gay at home dad and made it who he is, what he's all about. And I couldn't think of a better guest to bring to the show for Father's Day than. Absolutely. Hi. Um, And it's funny. It's funny. You call it Father's Day. I tend to, I've lately been calling it Daddy's Day. I think that's just so much more appropriate. Yeah. In so many different ways. There's so many different connotations it brings, but. You know, it's so interesting because um, (laughs) my husband and I have been together now going on 17 years and met my kids biological kids, and we'll get into some of that as we discuss, as we commits amongst ourselves for the next 30 minutes or so, we'll talk about all that lovely stuff, but um, everybody was always so fascinated with, well, what do your daughters call him? Because they were there, sure. you know? Yeah. And I yeah. think yeah. one of those things that happens in many LGBTQ relationships, but especially with lesbian, lesbian, and gay, gay guy. It's like, well, do you call him dad? Do you call him papa? I think that's, you know what that is, though? I think that is a straight, I'm just going to say this. I think that is a straight person's easy question in, like an easy icebreaker. And I think that's like, it's probably one of the most benign questions you could possibly ask. You know, you're not asking, where does this kid come from? You're just going, oh, what do they call it? That's just, I think it's almost like charmingly cute. And I notice that you're, yes, this this comes up with us a lot too. I think it's funny. Well, I think Um, it's funny too, because you can either tell by the way somebody asks it, like, oh, wow, so... You know, are you called dad and is he called papa? So if they come at it with a really like strong, then they're really secure in the conversation. It's like, oh, so what do your kids call you? It's like they don't know quite what to say. So this is an easy way in. 
you know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's an ice. It's an easy icebreaker, and I think it's like something. And I have a cute, of course, and I don't know if you do, but I have a cute little story about ours. Our son, um, who was adopted um, from age birth, so we basically had him since he. I literally watched him come out of his mother. That's how mm-hmm. how long we've had him for. And like you said, he's eight. He's almost nine. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was, I guess, around one, when they start talking, I forgot now to tell you the truth. It's been right. so long. Um, but I remember that he had a problem calling. I would always say that I'm daddy to him. So I, I got I got first biddings there just because I was, the, like you said, the gay at home, the stay at home dad. So I, I made sure that I established myself as dad, daddy. Mm-hmm. I was dad. And then I called my ex other daddy. That's just how I refer to him. I'm like, well, your other daddy, you know what I mean? Like, that's just how. So over the course of a couple of years, or not a couple of years, but a few, whatever, eight months or something like that, he, he started calling him, oh, daddy, which mm-hmm. we thought was so adorable. And it just kind of stuck. So that's what he still calls him. I'm daddy. And he's is and my ex is oh, daddy. Right. Um, and I think that's adorable. It's almost like and he's not even Irish, but you know, it's yeah. very cute. <laughs> so it's stuck. But yeah, it, it's funny, because you're right, like the whole pop a pop poppy. I've heard like, um, I've heard probably every iteration of that word that you can imagine for describing two males or two females especially after this book that i've written but yeah exactly i agree so we're gonna get to your book um yeah i'm sorry i jumped ahead no no no, that's so cool because that's part of the reason i wanted you on here is because i want people to see that there's lots of different resources for those of you who may struggle with understanding gay people having kids and especially your book is really going to talk about that, but let's kind of roll back a little bit. So when did you realize, okay, this gay at home dad thing is something I'm just going to run with and see what happens. I mean, what was like that igniting moment or was there even like a sure. Yeah, I know exactly. I can definitely tell you. So I, I moved from Chicago with my ex, now ex um, up to rural, rural, God, that word, rural Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And we got, we got like a, you know, your typical suburban house. And like, we were very suburban, lived in a huge neighborhood of people and whatnot. Well, after a while, I, my personality type was, I, I, I was screaming in a way like inside to get out. And I thought, you know what I can do? I can hop on Twitter. I can come up with this crazy name at gay at home dad, which really suited kind of what I was doing at the time anyway. And, um, kind of do self deprecating jokes that almost make fun of the stereotype that people that were otherwise ignorant would think about a gay parent. If that makes any sense. Like one of my most basic jokes ever was when my kid scrapes his knee, he gets a Prada band aid. It's, it's like, it's so silly. It's so, you know what I mean? It's so whatever. But that, that was kind of how I, I was using humor to diffuse what was kind of a new concept at the time, which was gay parenting. So I was kind of trying to, my whole, that was my whole shtick. And then I thought to myself, well, shit, for every follower that I get, they can technically say they know of a gay parent. So all of a sudden it's not this alien thing. It's like, oh, well, sure. There's Gary Hill dad on Twitter. Like, sure. So that was kind of my, my goal. I had one of those moments. The first time we took our daughters on a cruise, like a true Mm -hmm. cruise, everybody started asking, oh, what cruise line are you going on? I'm like, well, the Queen Mary, of course. I mean, hello. (laughs) Of course, sometimes it went really well. I mean, obviously in the game, it went over really well. 
And the straight community yeah. are like, why? Of course, the Queen Mary. I'm like, oh, honey. Right, right. Okay. They're a little more Let's backstory. Yeah, we're going to have a little coffee talk <laughs> here. We're going to introduce you to gay culture, okay? Um, but, uh, yeah, Tea time and the bits. Yeah, exactly. that's great. But um, it is funny that some of the most common things um, that a lot of people, and I, I love my heterosexual, well, not all of them. But oh, me too. I love I, yeah. most of my, yes, I do too. I'm the but same it's way. So I'm, not one of, I'm not one of those gays that's like very, like, no, meh. Well, obviously, I mean, the moment you described, you know, that you watched your son come out of, you know, your, you know, the vagina. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm not the normal gay, you know, because some, some of our gay brothers would be like, oh, I need my smelling. I know. You know? Yeah, clutching pearls and passing yeah, out, and I was no, I was I was there <laughs> like it was listening to this clutch pearls. Yeah. That's definitely something you know. You, we'll explain that in a different episode altogether. So okay, um, cool. But what's so interesting <laughs> is so many people take for granted some of the most simplistic things about parenting that they're like, oh yeah, everybody goes through that, and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> if you're right. a gay parent, there's a whole another list of stuff that you start. Going well, there is. Well, sure. Yeah, and what are some of those things that you've hit? I mean, I, I've got a list of things. I'll, I'll start kind of like roll this. I'll never forget the very first time I truly felt uncomfortable was when my husband and I, so this is probably, I guess probably 15, 16 years ago. I'm trying to think. It's at least 16 years ago because we, we did a first trip with the girls and we walked into a hotel. Okay. Two guys. Two young girls, so the girls were almost six and two at that point in time, and we're checking in to a room with two queen beds. Okay. It's like early 2000. So we're kind sure. of starting to come over the curve somewhat of LGBTQ stuff, but... But you were still definitely like in the pioneering stage. Oh, yeah, we were in the pioneering like phase. You were in the... You were, yeah, which, yeah. yeah. I remember kind of like, oh... Well, we have you in two queen beds. Was this supposed to be two rooms? Right, 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 right. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> we're really gonna. You have to, you have to out yourself. Is yes. really what it boils down yeah. to. It's like there's no way around it. You are going to now have to explain something that is otherwise extremely personal right. to someone you shouldn't have to. But you, I right. absolutely know exactly. And what of course, in that moment, I'm like, okay, my husband's Hispanic, and this is not meant to be a racial slur, but I'm going to go there. Okay. I almost wanted right. to go, uh, no, me and my daughters are going to sleep in one bed and our nanny boy is going to sleep in the other, okay? <laughs> and I thought, no, that would make it <laughs> worse because now I'm saying I'm sleeping with my daughters who are four and two and, you know, it just, it's just... Uh, right, exactly, exactly. But you've got to run into similar things too. I mean, it's just got to... Oh, and I certainly, I certainly have. I mean, what I, my big joke is that my son outed us, like essentially, because we, again, we lived in this very, we the town of 26,000 people and um, in the red part of Connecticut, which believe me, everybody, it does exist. Everybody thinks of Connecticut as a very blue state, just like every other state. There are the red parts. We happen to live in the red parts. Um, so before we were just two guys, maybe just like having like dinner, it could be a business meeting because that happens very often where I live, you know, things like that. But all of a sudden, the minute we brought a child with us, it was crystal clear. We're a family. There was just no doubt about it. And so it would be the constant, you know what I mean? Like we, we, that, that's where I always like, kind of like think about a restaurant is, is where we were constantly under criticism from maybe the waitress had her own personal opinions and we kind of pick up on that all of a sudden or a passerby 
literally stops and says like, oh, so cute. Where's the mom? That's yeah. definitely happened to us a couple of times. And I'm like, not in his life. Like I'm his mother. I actually, that's what I say. I say, mm-hmm. I'm his, I'm right here. <laughs> right. So, you know, I have no problem. I think that that also stems from coming from a big city. Like I have no problem. Like if someone's staring at us at a restaurant, I will stare them down back until they turn their head and then they'll turn their head to see if I'm checking. And yeah, I'm still staring at you. Like, I don't give a shit. Like I, I assert myself with, um, negative people, people, if you will. Feel that comfortable. <laughs> I think that what I've noticed, over I don't know where it comes from. Trust me. <laughs> well, but I think I some of it comes from just being able to trust yourself to be exactly who you are and go, right. Yeah. And yes, this is my husband, you know, at the time and, yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And I'm not going to, you know, and it actually gets worse. I mean, it probably won't for you because it's you and your son. So right. I have different dynamics and I can't comment to that because I'm not the father of a son. Because I'm divorced now. Just I think we mentioned that. But yeah, I'm divorced yeah. now. So it's been yeah. about three years. Yeah. yeah, but here's where it gets really dicey. When you have two girls and then suddenly they're like 12 and 14. <laughs> oh, and I can't guys, imagine the tween. I'm already scared of the tween years. Oh, yeah, yes, no. Yes. Oh, God. I can't imagine that. Yes. Well, make sure yeah, there's sh- alcohol involved for you, not for him. Um, well, of and, course. You know, smelling salts, Valium, um, a pot every once in a while will help just to like completely numb out and go, okay, whatever. But um, of course. yeah, it's definitely different. But, you know, those moments were even worse for us because, again, let's go through the hotel scenario. And, like yeah, this, year's travel. Gonna, this year's going to be an interesting one. We are actually going to a conference <clears throat> in Portland and the girls are going and um, we have had some trouble finding an Airbnb. So right now we have done the family. We're all staying together. We're all staying in a hotel room together. And now we've got a 19 year old, a 23 year old and two gay dads who are, they, nobody really knows we're gay, but they're going to look at us and we're in our fifties and go, oh. yep. put two so, and two together. But I, I will say that's in Portland, which, um, I think that you're a little like, you know, West Coast, I think, and even Portland. I mean, Portland's a little odd to me. No offense if you're from Portland listening to this. like, But I I admire your kind of odd, actually, if you are listening to this and you're in Portland. It's kind of, Mm -hmm. I I had a friend that just came back from Portland, was like, raved about it. And like, he and his um, partner were comfortable holding hands down the street and things like that. So you guys will be fine. But I I do understand the like, the like tension leading up to it. Like, okay, like this is a lot of personality maybe in one room you know or something like that so and, um, and it's been a while since we've done this you know it's been okay. a while i mean we travel well, with all the time so it's not a big thing but i was just thinking about this the other day going wait we haven't done like all of us in one hotel room in a while um because even over the holidays we traveled but you know we had separate hotel rooms and we go on sure we've been in separate cabins and it's like, wow, we're actually going to do this, which I feel really sorry for a couple of people in the room because two people snore a lot. Hello, me, being one of those who snores a lot and one of my daughters snores a lot. It's like, okay, well, nobody's going to get any sleep. So, I, you know, part of the family prep is <laughs> I'm buying a gigantic of earplugs for those who, you know. That's nice. That's a good idea. I'm going to tell you where you're going to get in trouble right now because I just came back from a family trip where my son came with me, uh-huh. him, and my parents, and we all shared a bathroom. That's right. where it gets tricky. It's the bathroom. It's like yes, when you have four adults, practically, my kids, well, a small team, but yeah. still yeah. Um, preteen. But um, yeah, sharing the bathroom was like, are you okay? Like, who, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, we'd be fighting, like, it would literally be like racing back from the, like the restaurant. This is terrible, racing back from the restaurant at night after like being at a park all day 
and one of us screaming, I've got dibs in the bathroom. If you got to pee, you better go the second you get to that damn room. Exactly. Like it just, it changes. It's funny. It as change. it is, yeah, but you know, it's funny. my kids are pretty, my daughters are pretty good. I mean, they're, like I said, they're 19 and 23. So we've kind of worked okay. some of this, but it has, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of interesting to be thinking about it. Now, of course, I'm still looking for an Airbnb. Go, okay, if we can find one, I'd rather do that. Yeah, I don't blame you. Right, but exactly. There's this other thing that's like, okay, we've done pretty well with this whole thing because they've been with us a bulk of the time. I mean, even through their coming of woman age stuff, when they both got their periods, guess what? They were with us. So Right, 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 right. Some of the crazy, crazy stuff. So, um, so I'm curious. Now, you know, you kind of step into this. You start doing this get-home dad thing, and uh, it just kind of took off. Is that what happened? It, it did kind of take off. I had a couple of accounts that really helped kind of push my jokes forward, and I, mm-hmm. I thank them. And actually, they're kind of gone now off – um, there used to be, I, I, I was anonymous for a good year. So my actual name on there wasn't Frank Lowe. It was yeah, at gate home dad. And so I think that just, I, I don't know, all that kind of helped push. I think it was just, it, it, Twitter is like, everybody always says the same thing to me about Twitter. I don't understand Twitter. And I say the same thing back. I don't get it either. Like I literally don't understand it. It's a beast. It's like a weird thing. And I just happen to, you know, and I would even say right now I'm kind of like at a plateau. So I need to like elevate things, you know, but um, yeah. And and then what ended up happening would I, I would get opportunities that I didn't expect from this, like the advocate approached me, for instance, and I wrote for them for a little while, Huffington Post, like, you know, I got some really good writing gigs out of the whole thing. And then I discovered, holy shit, I am a writer. Like, and I didn't even necessarily know it in the first place. And this was all kind of going on. This started in 2012, the Twitter thing. My divorce was 2015. So it was kind of coinciding with that as my, you know, kind of like persona, this whole gay don't bad thing is getting bigger. My personal life is also kind of going, is, is going through some trauma. Yep. And, um, you know, so it was kind of a, de- I, I, I definitely had moments where, yeah, like I felt like I was living two, three, four different lives, you know, at, at one time. It was really just a s- strange journey is all I can say. But now that I'm on the other side of it, which is that, okay, so I've, it's pretty much like I, I don't think the cleverness or the uniqueness of like at, at Gate Home Dad allures that many people like it used to. It's kind of old news, but I have all these great upcoming projects that have kind of been blossoming over the past two years, which I get to like it, show the world over the next two years so i kind of am happy that it it went from being a satirical mm-hmm. funny account to now i, I want to hold a little more gravity if you will so I, I kind of feel like that's happening and i i love it i'm embracing it um you know obviously i took the anonymity out of it years right. ago so um yeah so that's kind of it just kind of did though and, I, and that's really the best way to put it and it's also how i fell in the writing people ask like how i did I'm like i it just kind of happened i don't know like it literally just kind of happened like that gotcha. so, so i'm not going to ask you some of the trite questions that i'm sure you've been asked or like i've been asked so what's it like to be a gay dad or you know right. what challenges but one of them that you probably have been asked but i'm going to ask it in a hopefully a slightly different way okay is there anything you've learned about yourself as a gay dad that you realize, man, I'm glad I had to learn that? Oh, completely. I, I think absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I've learned is the relinquishing of my self 
selfishness, if that makes any sense. Like I basically had to relinquish my selfishness, like literally, like what I just said, I had to, I had to let it go. I had to let go of myself and realize like I love, because it's true. I love my kid more than anything in the world. So that itself is, a, you know, before him that wasn't there and all of a sudden, boom, he's here. Mm-hmm. And he's this entity that I would do anything for, you know, I would take a bullet for him, of course. And, um, you know, and I tell him stuff like, that. I love to like, that's, I grew up Catholic. So I love to like, that's like the guilt there. I'll tell of him this guy, just, every, just every once in a while, like it just happens to randomly come up, by the way, kiddo, I'll, I would die for you. He's like, dad, why are you telling me this? And I'm like, I just want to make sure you know, you know, it's so funny, but. It's so funny um, no. because my, my girls, you know, we're, we're, and I'm sure your, your son is there because he's mm-hmm. growing up in the digital age, but you know, it's like, we're in the Instagram world. Yeah. I'm not a Snapchat. That's my hubby. He Snapchats with them, but I love <laughs> the Instagram world and they'll do something. And then I'm, you know, I'll say something that just starts the whole thing. And like my oldest one today posted a picture of herself and, and about, I wish the sun would come out again so I can really enjoy the spring. And so I thought, okay, here we go. Yeah, it's gonna right. I'm like, Oh, but you are the sunshine of my life and you light up the world and you don't need this. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Right. So she responds, but she responds via text, which this shit drives me nuts. It's like, okay. I'm, and she's like I'm, so I'm, irritated. Right. Well, no, she wasn't irritated. She's like, uh, well, I had asked her, I said, I need to know the mileage on your car because I'm getting ready to transfer the car into her name. It's like, okay, you're 23. It's yours. It's your issue now. Here, you put the title, That's good. you know, nice you now own it, all this stuff, right? And so yeah. she replied back, okay, here's the mileage. And she goes, oh, thanks for the nice comment. So here's where the dad kicks in. What comment? Yeah. I asked you for your mileage. The comment on Instagram, I went, oh, yeah, I must have been drunk when I put that up. Sorry. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's like now you can have, I mean, I can always have fun with my kids, but it's so interesting yeah. in the digital age how you can start to do this stuff. And, and she'll post, like, she posted something the other day about, oh, you know, I'm so happy to have this man in my life. And it's her new boyfriend, which right now we really like. You know, it's only been, it's pretty new, but we met sure. her couple of weeks ago I'm like yeah okay this one I'm kind of liking you know he seems he's older he's got a good job he okay on a conversation he doesn't have any weird phobias that I can figure out he kind of just goes with the flow so so far he's like a seven out of ten for what I know right so she and I imagine that both of you I can just imagine like the conditions that he must meet, you know, cause I would be the same way with yeah, my kids. Exactly. So. <laughs> so she posts this on Instagram, right? Oh, I'm so glad to have this man. He's, he's like the best guy in the world. I'm like, okay. So I commented and dad takes second place, you know, it's like, Oh no. Oh, that's interesting so fun things you get to do now. That you yeah. That's great. Control. I already do that with my kiddo just so you know. And like he, he's almost scared of going, he, okay. He's entering. Well, think about it actually i think your girls would end up being millennials and my kid is like the new gen z and gen z so he's like he's almost like scared to go on to instagram or twitter because i've already kind of staked my claim out i think he's kind of like going like oh shit like like you know like and i keep telling him like hey buddy if you want in the future i can get you you know several thousand followers here and there and he's just like dad no and like he's got such a different take on social media i think he's i think i might have successfully scared him away from social media which would actually be a good thing as a parent if you think about it like as long as he's not you know a total like you know recluse or whatever but 
Yeah. <laughs> if he's not into social media, like if he's barely into it, that's great. That's exactly yeah. where I'd like him to be. Like barely into it. He doesn't need to be it, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. You bring up something interesting, Frank. And this is yeah. a question that kind of evolves over time. So your son's eight going on nine. Right. Right now, what would you feel like you'd like to most protect him from at this age? Um, hmm. Well, the real internet, because everything, like he has a phone, he has an iPad, but like everything is on, you can lock that shit down now, which I love. Like it just takes about, you know, 20 minutes as a parent on and to, to look and make sure. And I don't know how many parents do this, but you really should do it. And I also watch what he watches like or, or not watch but i'll look at the list or whatever I will, i'll actually go through and i'll see like oh what has he watched and things like yeah. that and if it looks like he's been on kind of like a violent tip or something like that i'm like okay buddy why don't we watch like the never-ending story or something like that <laughs> like you know very like so yeah i stay on top of his social media i also guard <laughs> He has this little girlfriend who likes to text him. I guess she's just all grown at nine and she texts him at like eight thirty or nine o'clock at night and his bedtime's at eight or eight thirty. Mm-hmm. And I love to always reply with like, Hey, this is this is um Briggs dad and Briggs is asleep and he'll get back to you tomorrow. And she always is like, Oh, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm like, It's all good. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, yeah, I'm still monitoring that phone. So it's like I yeah, I, you know, it's a different thing. Like he'll have, you know, freedom but i don't know what damn age that's gonna be i don't know if it's smart do you give a 13 year old freedom on the internet like when when do you give them like free complete as you know like where you can just type in what you want and it pulls up (laughs) you know whatever that could you know and then the other thing you can you can do things like say you know i'll let you have freedom but i'm also going to monitor your google searches or something like that like there's different ways to Sure. Whatever. And then there's the punishment aspect, which I love, which is like, if you don't do this, I'm going to take away the Wi-Fi password for a day. You know, it's like there's all these different. So, you know, I'm using it. Let's just say I'm kind of like a ball. I make sure to stay in touch with what's that's part of what I like about being on Twitter and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff is I I stay in touch. So that way I know what my kid is up to. So if there's some new app or something like that, I've heard about it already. You know, so I'm I just yeah, I stay on top of it. So most of my listeners are going to be, <clears throat> well, actually, no, they used to be LGBTQ. Now it's, it's a really wide audience. So that's great. You just dispelled a myth. It's like you said, okay, my son has this little girlfriend. And I, I was like, what do you mean? You have a, you're gay and your son has a girlfriend. This is going to fuck with some people's minds. It's like, wait, all gay people turn people gay. No, we don't. It's, it's like this thing. So how have you, if you've encountered that yet, how do you combat that when you have those people that, oh, but wait, he's he's the son of a gay guy. And then so what's funny, okay, I love it, I love this. So he, myself, or myself, you compare myself to my kid and you would see he is just, and I, I hate to kind of use this, but it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm going to use it. He's kind of all boy, if you will, masculine. You know, he kind of like, just kind of like has masculine qualities, like, Things like that you just, I don't know, I just, and that doesn't mean, this is where people get mad at me. They're like, well, wait, I'm super masculine and I'm gay. And they're like, yes, that, that can, like my ex-husband, for instance, very masculine and gay. Like, you, you know, his mom probably had no 
clue, you know, whatever, when she was young. So anyway, I, and I'm not assigning a sexuality to him. Like he's right, nine right. years old for God's sakes. But what I'm, what I'm going to do is as he gets old, I just kind of make sure that he's exposed to it all. Meaning like mm-hmm. he knows what LGBTQ plus is like, he know, you know, it's not a big secret. It's not right. something that's, you know, and I feel like that's going to allow what actually what's funny is here. I would actually like to pull it back to my book. Because in Raised no, by Unicorn, I haven't yeah. given you permission yet to do that. No, I'm kidding. Well, I have to because this is like perfect. No, this all is right, the perfect but segue. Then, to then put it. All right, let's stick a pin in that yeah. right there. Yeah, and then we'll come back to it no, later because no, I can segue. tell you. She was saying that I'm like, oh, I hope he goes for the book now because this is a great way to step into all these beautiful. Perfect segue. Stuff. And let you tell people what the book's all about. But yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to introduce whatever you want to do, no, um, you go for it. Fine. So, okay. So essentially what happened was um, Kleist Press, who is the largest independent LGBTQ plus um, book publishers in the world, they approached me about a year and a half or so ago and they said, hey, we have this idea for this anthology. We want it to be from children like your kids, you know, and they had a few names for the title. I'm like, you know, these, these don't catch um, so I said, all right, let me, let me like think, like ruminate, you know, give me like a week, um, come up with some names, maybe some different title names and like, kind of just see how I feel about the whole project. So I came back to him a week later and I had a list of, oh my God, the laundry list, like the cutter room floor were like hilarious. Like I had, one of them was literally children of the scorned. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, present- and then I had, um, another one I was proud of was pride and progenies. Uh-huh. Kind of like Pride and Project. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So eventually we settled on, and I love this, and I, I do think this is the right one, Raised by Unicorns, which is obviously a riff on Raised by Wolves. Because um, it's, it's almost kind of self-deprecating in its own way, but it's also like appropriate. There's just so many things about Raised by Unicorns. I think it's yeah. great. Um, it catches. So once I had the name, I said, yeah, I'm, I want to do this. So we basically put out like a shout out, like if you are – Anybody that has any LGBTQ plus parent of any type in the background, you know, in your background, please, you know, respond. Da, 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 da. I had maybe about 100 to 150 people that were like, yes, I'm really interested in this. And then maybe about half that, 70 to 75, actually wrote, you know, for me. And then I had to take that and whittle it into 15 stories. Mm. Um, actually, it's 14 stories and one interview I did with a, I'll, I'll tell you about that later. Um, the interview was great, but yeah. So, and what they all are is they are very diverse stories from diverse, a diverse group of people about growing up as the, the child of an LGBTQ plus parent. So to hear their perspective mm-hmm. and you're, you're going to have to read this, Rick, I'm just telling you, like it's, it will blow your mind. It is different than what you think. There are challenges that you just haven't thought of that like they have to live with and things like that. Um, and what were we speaking about right before this? And I well, said, it's interesting that you just bring that up because this just happened. I mean, literally, I have been okay. out of the closet now going on. <clears throat> it'll be 20 years next year. And okay. My children, my youngest was um, nine months old. My oldest was four and a half. And um, over the holidays, and I don't even know, mm-hmm. remember where this came up and how it came up. Um, Oh no, it was my, my youngest one's birthday. So her birthday is in January and she, she freshman in college here in the city where we live. And so she said, Hey, for my birthday, I'd like to, 
you know, just have some friends over and, you know, just cook dinner for us. I'm like, cool, I'd love to do it. So in the midst of the conversations happening at the table, suddenly the conversation came up around, you know, well, what's it like with the two dads? Because they're all the girls, all her friends are cool with it, but they started asking. Right, me. right. They're still curious. <clears throat> right. And they're even in college years, they're curious about how it's been in that life. And my youngest one says, well, it's been cool. You know, the only time I ever felt it was an issue was when my sister told me not to tell anybody at school that I had gay dads. And I like suddenly like whipped my head around. And I'm like, I bet. Happened? I'm just yeah. now hearing about this at 19 years, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Interesting because you kind of, as a parent, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna put my assumptive self into this because I assumed they seemed happy. They had friends. Every year, I marched into the teacher's room, you know, on on back exactly. But you need to know about this, blah blah blah, you know, and mostly to go. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna mark my. You assumed it wasn't a secret. A to mark you, you assumed. Yeah, you assumed that she had the pride and the whatever to like speak. Right, exactly. And yeah. What you so what you're saying is that's not usually the case. Actually, right. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's it's so important that these stories get told because there are things that even as parents, regardless of sexuality, there are things we don't know our kids are thinking that God, if we knew, it would help us so much. Yeah, it's true. Do you want to hear something really strange? And I think it's just is a great point to bring up in this. And I hope I keep speaking about this. And I think the more I speak about it, they're going to do something and change it. And I'll be like, yes, they changed it. When you go into Microsoft Word and you type in the words, my mom's or my dad's, it automatically wants to put an apostrophe and make it possessive, as in my dad's tie instead of my dad's love me. So to to this day, literally to this day, this update, it has not happened yet. And these ki- our kids, which they're now, they say there's an estimate six million in the United States that have an LGBTQ plus parent in some form, whether it's like, you know, they were divorced a long time ago or whatnot. There's six million people that can't write about them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. My mom's, my dad's, because Microsoft instantly wants to make it a, a correction. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's so, and it's little things like that you don't think about, but it's like that's what they have to deal with. Or school forms you bring home that say father and mother, and my, my son's son. embarrassed to hand it to me and shit, you know, say, Dad, you're going to have to fix this one too. I'm like, I got them. Yeah. I always change them. Yep. You know, I cross out, I, I, I cross out mother and I put fucking fabulous father number two. I agree. I used to cross out and put parents, you know, it's like the parent one, parent two, you know, that bugs me. It's like, no parent. I'm the dad. Yeah. Um, the yeah parent is good. I do. I actually do fantastic father as a, I always make it a joke. So I oh, always do. Fan, I, I genuinely do that. I cross out mother and I put fantastic father number two. I don't put fuck, but I do put fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about that interview before we have to wrap this up. And I can tell that sure. I need to have you back on again, because I think you and I could rant and riff about this. Oh yeah, we could absolutely for sure. So the interview in the book, what that you piqued my interest with that comment. Sure. Um, so, I'm not a big, I don't know if you are yourself a big sports fan, but I myself am not. But I also know that so many people in the United States are like, I'm in such a minority for not liking baseball, for instance. It's like, whoa. Um, I got the opportunity. One of the people that kind of came forward with this whole thing with uh, Raised by Unicorns was um, ex-MLB pitcher 
Joe Valentine is his name. Um, awesome guy. Like he's like your typical, like you can tell he's from Long Island when you talk to him, which I love. So it's like, I love, I can just talk to him all day because he's got that Long Island, you know, Long Island, you know, I love it. Um, but he kind of came out of the closet during when not himself, he's not, um, he's not gay. He's straight. He has two kids, but he came out of the closet with his having been raised by two uh, women um, recently, like several years ago before he, you know, finally actually got out of MLB. So it, I had a whole interview with him and he told me everything about like, it, it gets nuts. It's like dugout talk. And like, you, I felt like I was there. Like I literally got to like ask it, like, it was like, cool. He was telling me like, this is what happened in the damn dugout. Is that like somehow the conversation of gay parents came up. One of the players was very like, well, I can't see any normal kid coming out of two gay parents. And Joe was like, Hey, what do you think of me? You know what I mean? Like he did the whole, like, what do you think of me? You know? And I loved him here, him telling me this and it really conveys in the book. You can really tell his like, what, what do you, you know, and he challenged him and he came out if you will. And that, as a matter of fact, that's actually when he kind of came out and there was a big, there was articles about it. He's spoken about it. So he has been um, wonderful, but yeah, like just the, you know, um, I wanted to actually do it in an interview form at the very end of the book. So it's kind of how it closes. It's kind of like this great interview and That's awesome. yeah. So, so yeah, it's like, cause he's, his aspect is so <laughs> incredibly hyper-masculine, like mm-hmm. the MLB, you know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. that's like the, so to hear how he's kind of had to deal with that and it's, it's just pretty amazing, but. Yeah. Well, it is amazing. And this is something that I think a lot of people, you know, we could, we could, kind of put things in buckets about coming out. So, Oh, there's sure. the, you know, the teens that are coming out. And then there's Jay Z just did <clears throat> Jay Z exactly. just did. Yep, exactly. And, and his the, mother. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's like, people tend to forget this coming out thing. It, okay. It's not only a journey for the person coming out. It's suddenly, and when I used to speak for P flag, I used to speak at speakers bureaus for P flag and sit next to parents and go, yeah, the minute my kid came out, I started my coming out journey. And exactly. And to forget some of that some of the times because we get the sensationalized coming out story. And then suddenly it's like, wait, what about this person? You know, what about my wife when I came out to her? What, well, what's her coming out story? Well, exactly. I think that's one of the biggest like misconceptions about coming out of the closet is I think people think like it's like some big grand thing and you do it. And then it's automatically like the world just fucking knows you're gay. Right. No, you have to come right. out of the closet like sometimes right. on a daily basis. Like, <laughs> some cleaners come over to my house and they realize like they see pictures of me and you know, or something like it's, you come out of the closet all the time. Yep. So it's not just a one-time occurrence. And I think that's a big misconception in the straight world about gay people that they should know is like, Oh no, we come out of the closet. But you know, literally and you just daily. So interesting, Frank, because it's not just, it, it, yes, the gay world, one thing, but people don't get nearly as upset Yet it's kind of similar when somebody's like, oh, well, what about your husband or your wife? And you're straight and you're not married. It's like, right. why do we put these societal presumptions into our lives instead of going, hey, I like you. So ask the question, are you married? Sure. Do you have a husband? Right. You know, I see what you're saying. Right. What, of, makes us, what makes us, what makes us, 
what lens are they looking through? Right. And everybody's got a lens. So, you know, the, right. the thing is, is Frank and I have fabulous lenses that we look through. They're oh my God. My lens is like yeah. rose colored with glitter. It's exactly. amazing. Yeah. I love my lens. Yeah. Our lens is the best. <laughs> in the world, so. Sometimes so, it's I, a little, sometimes it's a little, you know, a little dirty, but that's okay. Yeah. But you know, just wipe okay. the lens off and it's a new week. So yeah, exactly. That's what those silk tankies are all for is to clean those lenses. <laughs> honey, so. Anyway, well, you know what, Frank, I'm serious. I'm going to have to have you back because I, I love it. If and rant on so much and what a perfect gift that we are giving. Okay. Again, cause we're perfect at this. So let's not let anybody forget that, but the perfect gift of a book that really epitomizes what fatherhood is all about, you know, for father's yeah. day, the new book, unicorns raised by unicorns. I love it. Love it. Love it. It will Thank be available you. here on the show page where you can link over to Amazon and make Frank even more fabulously rich because we all know you make so much money on book sales. That's okay. I'm being oh God, I'm just swimming in it. Let me tell you, my trip to Goodwill last week, I was like <laughs> shopping spree. So, oh my my lovely little friends that are like, oh, you're a published author. Oh my God, you must be doing so well. I'm like, honey, I can't live on ninety cents. A you need to know exactly. Like, I, well, the whole key with just quickly, we can wrap it up with books. Is you have to have books. That's the key. Like, you have to have like fifteen literally yeah. lined up, and then you can start talking. Like, I got a little bit of cash. I can actually buy real groceries, but that's but that, that takes books. And I know <laughs> the real beauty of books for those who you know. I don't even know how we got into this, but I'm going to share this. Is yeah. it makes you credible? You've done something. A lot of yeah, people, it, it's that Library of Congress shit. I'm like, yeah. I love it. I love knowing there is an ISBN. Like the whole thing, like that. I, has I can't wait to go to DC the next time and go there and go. Okay, where's my book? Let's look exactly. it up here. You know, I want to do the same thing. I cannot wait. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, but love. I'm not really interested in going to DC right now for a few. But we'll see how long. Oh, well, of course. No, I know. I'm scheduled to go. I'm going to speak at, by the way, everybody, I'm going to be speaking at Politics and Prose on Father's Day itself at, I believe, 7 p.m. But my son will be with me. So if anybody listening wants to see, if you, yeah, Father's Day, Washington, D.C., Politics and Prose, uh, me and my kiddo talking about the book, I'm sure. Awesome. So, yep. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. So cool, man. I just re I just remember I'm like, wait, I just remember that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we'll get that on Thank the show you. page as well. We'll be promoting that and Thank you. I just have to say for somebody, okay, so Frank and I have never met, which I think most of you people who listen to my podcast know, I rarely have ever met most of my guests in person, but I feel like the sisterhood has started, so we will move completely. Yes, we will duly move forward into our own little magical kingdom of being sisters forever now. And uh, I love it. I feel the love. Shout out to our friend Jeff, <laughs> who brought us together. Jeff Dorda Publicity. Yeah. Uh, he, he brought us together, as Jeff is so well known for doing. He has brought me so many great guests. And um, this was actually a casual conversation that he doesn't actually represent you, but it turned into something, and we made magic happen, as we're known to do, because we both have our magical fairy wands that we can make many, many things happen. Yep, just keep the glitter out of my house. <clears throat> I, I hear. Too I, much I, mess. They keep the glitter out of my hair, but I don't have any left. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> glitter on a bald head actually is a statement. So there you go. <laughs> I like that idea. Okay, like Rick. That. Well, Frank, buddy, <laughs> I good. really enjoyed this conversation. So glad. Same. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And um, I know you got more books in the works, so we will do this yep. when the next one comes out. So thanks for being I here. I definitely do. Okay. Have, thank you. 
All right, there you have it. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, but that's okay. We're going to be back in just a couple of days sharing more stories, tips, tricks, and wisdom for helping you live your life uncloseted. And you know what? You can share it too. Just take a few moments if you like and if you believe in this podcast and share it with someone you know today. Share it from your phone, go share it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are. Maybe even give us a rating review because you know what? It's all about the planet living their life uncloseted. I'm Rick Clemens, host of the show and the guy who helps you make those big, bold moves. And I hope you never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. Catch you real soon. Take care, everyone.